How y'all doing? Good. Man, I love Bravehearts. You know, and uh, Curtis asked Bobby and I before he we went on vacation uh, if we'd fill in for him while he's gone. He he didn't give us a topic. You know, he just said, "Hey, would y'all cover things?" And you know, I was sitting over here last week when when uh, Bobby came in and started talking about mentorship and uh, that kind of stuff. And I said, "Man, that's exactly like what I was going to talk about." And uh, I thought, "Well, man, I'm going to have to change my noun." I just said, nah, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and share with you guys what I'd already prepared, and I just didn't have time to go prepare for, for something else. And to be honest, it, it's not easy for me uh, to prepare and, and, and uh, share a message. And so you guys are going to get somewhat of a double dose uh, between Bobby and I. And the words uh, may be a little different uh, because Bobby talked about mentorship, and I'm going to talk about discipleship but the principles are, are really, uh, really close uh, and are going to parallel each other. And, and maybe that's uh, exactly what God intended for us, uh, since that's what he laid on both of, us, both of our hearts. So before I get started, let me pray, and then we'll get, get going. Father, we just thank you so much for all that you do in our lives. Father, uh, not uh, for what you do on a day-to-day -day basis, but for what Jesus did on the cross for each and every one of us. And Father, I pray that you open our hearts and minds this morning to receive what you have for us. Uh, Father, I pray that we'll take what we receive and then put it into action. Uh, Father, once again, we're just so grateful for this opportunity as men to, to come together and just to uh, glean from each other. Father, we thank you, we praise you, we give you all the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, uh, I, hope, I hope to step on some of your toes. Uh, you know, a lot of times when things get uncomfortable is when we get out of our comfort zones and, and step into something that, that maybe uh, is a little bit of a struggle for us. Or, and uh, so I, I hope today that you do get uncomfortable. And, uh, but from that, I hope that, that maybe you go down a path that uh, God's been calling you down for for a long time and, and maybe you're already way down that path and that's all right uh, I still hope that you get something from today uh, at least I pray that you do and uh, just so you know nothing I share uh, is uh, original uh, everything I'm going to share with you I, I plagiarized from somebody else uh, either somebody that discipled me or from books um, and I'm going to talk today uh, mainly from a book uh, that was done by Milton Jones uh, that was called Discipling the Multiplying Ministry. And uh, it models uh, the process of discipleship off of what Jesus did. And I think if we're going to emulate somebody and something, that there's not a, a better person to, to emulate than Christ. And so uh, that's what uh, I'm going to use today. And uh, how many of y'all, uh, I, I know most of y'all are heard and, and know the Great Commission, Matthew 28, right? Where, it's, where it talks about, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Is that, is that the Great Commission? Yeah, that's half the Great Commission. But you see, most people stop the Great Commission right there. That's the leading part of the Great Commission. But here's the, real, here's the real part of that commission. 
teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. Teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, we, we uh, and I'm going to pick on the westernized church a little bit, uh, because of just the way that the church uh, today measures success so many times is by uh, attendance and by baptisms, right? Because and, and, and is that not part of that Great Commission? And it is. But I don't believe it's the biggest part of it. Because if, if you just tell somebody about Christ, but you don't help them mature, if they're always a babe in Christ, if, if they never take that next step, are, are we really doing what God called us to do? You know, uh, he called us to, to take people to a maturity level uh, of knowing who they are in Christ, right? And um, that's what I love so much about Harvest. When, uh, To be honest, I came to Brave Hearts. I came to this right here for three years before I joined Harvest. I was still going to my home church. Uh, but I was coming here because I needed a men's group that I could participate in, you know. And, man, it was, it was good. I love Brave Hearts. Uh, and I love Harvest. And, and as, I, as Curtis shared over that time, I really began to hear the message behind Harvest. You know, and, and Bobby talks about it all the time, uh, how Harvest is about men and men being leaders, and, and men being who God called them to be. And uh, that's what I love about Harvest, is the discipleship track that it puts, uh, wants us all to be on. Uh, and, and outside of staff, how many of y'all know that, what the mission of Harvest is? There's a mission statement for Harvest. Y'all know what it is? And you'll hear, you hear, hear Curtis say it all the time, you just don't really pick it up. But here it is, making disciples who make his way known. That's the mission of Harvest. Making disciples who make his way known. And man, I just love that. Because really, that's what we're called to do. We're, we're called to make disciples. And so, <clears throat> um, you know, and, and a lot of times I, I talk to people and, and uh, there's, there's people that separate uh, some of the commands that was given the apostles and in the Bible and how that is for us and some people believe that that great commission was assigned to the apostles uh but i believe it was assigned to each and every one of us how about you guys do you really believe that you're called to go into all nations and and you know all nations uh, people make a big thing about that a lot of times is well that's foreign countries well not necessarily you can look at it from the standpoint of you know uh my home you know, my city, my state, my country, you know, because especially here in Texas, I mean, Texas is like a nation of its own, you know, in many, many countries, uh, it's that way. And so it, I don't necessarily think you got to go to some third world country to be considered going into all nations. Uh, I think you could, I think you could probably go, a lot of us never, never leave our local area. So man, if you go to, if you go to Houston, that's probably a nation to you, right? You know, so it really doesn't matter that the call is to go, to go and, and, and to make disciples. <laughs> and a disciple is actually a learner who's conformed his mind, words, and actions to that of his master. 
You know, since I didn't turn my phone off, mine is the one that's going to ring. So I'll go ahead and do that. I want to repeat that. A disciple is a learner who has conformed his mind, words, and actions to that as, as that of his master. You know, discipling is a process uh, by which a Christian life worth emulating commits it himself for an extended period of time to a few individuals have been, who have been won to Christ, the purpose being to aid and guide their growth to maturity and equip them to reproduce those actions. So let me ask you, is your life a life that's worth emulating? You know, I know for a long time mine wasn't. And there may be times today when it probably isn't. But I try to, to be an example and to be uh, who God called me to be each and every day. But that's, that's tough. So it may not be each and every day, but I hope that you're working on your day-to-day -day walk. And I hope that uh, within that, uh, you, you're living a life that's worth emulating. But that's part of this process that, that I hope calls you out a little bit. Because if you aren't leading a life that's worth emulating, I pray that you start. I pray that, that you search out what God has for you and start uh, looking at what He's calling you to um, and, and walk down that path. Because see, our goal as a disciple should be to look more like Jesus each and every day. That should be the goal, is to emulate Christ more and more every day. You know, and so many times we have these expectations of our life being changed like that. And all of a sudden we go from being a man of the world to emulating Christ. And it just doesn't happen that way. That's a process. And for some like me, that's a long, long, drawn-out process. Because, man, I was messed up. I had to get a lot of the world out of me, and that just doesn't happen overnight. So that's a process. But what are some of the marks of a, of a disciple? And uh, one of them is abiding in the Word. John 8, 31 says, If you abide in my Word, then you are truly a disciple of mine. You know, and that was a first check for me. You know, am I in the Word? Am I in the Word daily? Am I in the Word consistently? You know, and, and I want to encourage you, if, if, if you're not, start out small. Start out by just, just reading, read one verse. Start making that a daily routine, routine of initially just one verse, if that's what it takes. Then maybe it's one, one chapter. Whatever it takes, but, but here's the thing. If you do something consistently, then it becomes a habit. And if you can just get in that practice of, of, of being in the Word a little bit each and every day, then it'll become simpler and simpler every day. And it'll, all of a sudden, it'll be routine. And then when you're not, you'll miss it. You know, another mark of a disciple is love one another. John 13, 34 through 35. It says, A new command I give to you that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You know, and I was talking uh, 
about this last night with Greg Tucker that um, the older I get, the more I realize that it's about love. You know, Jesus was the greatest example of love that ever walked the face of this earth. And he emulated that. And, and you've heard Curtis say, if it, if it isn't of love, then it's not of God. Right? Because God is love. And uh, I think the more that we love each other, the more that we love others, uh, the closer we will be to Christ. Our hearts will be in the right spot. You know, and that's sometimes hard. And, and we were talking about, um, you know, saying the right things, saying the, the true things, the tough things to people. Man, love isn't always mushy-gushy and, and feel-good. Sometimes we got to hear some tough things out of love, right? Sometimes the greatest love is saying the, the tough things to somebody that they need to hear. You know, and I, I tell my guys all the time, man, if you truly love me, you'll tell me the truth, right? Even if that truth calls you out. And so, um, you know, I think love is one of those key things. The third mark of a disciple is bearing fruit, John 15, 8. By this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So if you're bearing fruit, you know, that's a sign that you're, you're a disciple of Christ because you're walking down that path uh, that's going to grow you and mature you and, and in that you're going to bear good fruit. But you know, um, it's one thing to be doing the right things of, of, uh, to become a disciple, uh, but what are some of the tasks of a disciple? Um, you know, one of, the, one of the tasks is evangelizing or evangelism. You know, the process of bringing one who's lost to a saved condition in Christ through the gospel. And I think, um, you know, within that great commission, uh, it's about going. It's about this evangelism process. But we, so many people stop right there. If we don't take that next step with them, if we don't then lead them down this path of growth and maturity in Christ, I feel like we're, we're actually failing them, right? Because that's just the first step, the very first step. And, but that's an important step. You can't take the other steps if you don't take that initial step. You know, another task of the disciple is, is edifying. Edification is to bring the new Christian into maturity. Colossians 2, 6-7. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith, as you were taught, and, overflow, and overflowing with thankfulness. You know, all of us, um, from a, a very early age, everything that we know is, is a learned process. You know, those switches don't just get turned and all of a sudden you know everything you need to know about something. It's a process, and it's a learned process. We usually learn from uh, hearing or watching somebody else. You know, and I think that's why Christ's model is so important for us to, to look at and to follow. You know, uh, another task of a disciple is equipping. Being trained in order that you will become a spiritual leader who will reproduce himself and other people in these three areas. You know, it's, it's hard to uh, reproduce yourself if, if you don't know how to do it, you know. And so 
that's the thing about the discipleship process and, and the discipleship track. It's a it's a track, and just like Bobby was talking last week, you know, when he's talking about edification, it's a process of pouring into somebody else so they can in turn eventually pour into somebody else. And, you know, we talk about a lot of times <clears throat> gleaming wisdom from others and finding somebody, and, and typically a lot of people uh, think that's an age thing. And, and in some ways it is because along with age comes experience. And you got somebody that's been walking down that path for a long time, then they have a lot of experience, you know, and, and that's, that's true. Uh, but it all depends on when you start down that path. I know some guys that are very young that have so much more wisdom than I do when it comes to, to scriptures and, and, and to their spiritual walk that, man, they could mentor me. You know, and Chris is talking to me all the time about a good friend of his that's, that's much younger than he is, but, man, he's his go-to guy because of where he is in that process. So it's not always about whether we got gray hair on our heads or not. It's about what we've been through, who we've been walking with, and what we've gathered in the time that we've, we've been doing that. And have you walked that out enough to where you can share that with somebody else? So it's not always just a, a, an age deal. Uh, you know, and again, uh, I'm, I'm using book, uh, Milton's book, Multiplying Ministry, but, uh, you know, Jesus modeled discipleship was the greatest multiplying ministry ever ever set up. And, uh, you know, Jesus' plan wasn't for the head pastor to be discipling the flock, right? Jesus' plan was for each of us to be discipling others. And that's how it becomes that multiplying ministry. Um, and, and in so doing, it's it, it becomes geometric progression. How many, I know almost everybody in here has probably heard what would you rather have, a million dollars today or a penny double today for 30 days? Right? Y'all heard that, right? And, and a penny double today for 30 days, I don't, I don't even remember how much it is, 5 million or something, 30 million. Anybody remember what that number is? It's huge. It's huge. Uh, but we don't think about it because it starts out so small. And, but, but, but stop and think. Um, think about that. You know, what if... You started spending your time with somebody and walking beside somebody, and you did that for an entire year. What if you spent an entire year walking beside somebody, and then that next year, maybe maybe two or three guys, let's just say three, and then that next year, you know, at the end of that first year, there's only three of you or four of you that, that really are mature or are walking down a good path, but then each one of them start walking down a path with three guys, right? And so at the end of that first year, you know it's four, second year it's 16, third year it's 64, fourth year it's 256, the fifth year it's 1,024. You know, at the end of five years, you're as successful as the most successful pastor in Texas when it comes to, to walking with people in Christ, you know? At the end of five years, or excuse me, at the end of the 10th year, there's over a million people that's been discipled if you follow that model. Year 15, there's a billion. Man, it just, it just geometrically progresses. If you stop and think of it, everybody here, everybody in the world today 
that knows anything about Christianity came from the 12. Man. Let me ask you, would it be worth it to spend a year of your time walking through life together with three other guys in order to change the world? You know, Jesus had his three, Peter, James, and John. That was his, that was his go-to guys. You know, then he had his 12. Then he had his 75. But would it be worth it? If it just changed the life of one individual, would it be worth it? You know, to really be discipling, and, and, and again, if... If we look at, at Christ's model, he didn't do it on Sunday and then Wednesday night at Life Group, right? He did it each and every day. And they didn't just do it for an hour here and an hour there. They did life together. And I'll admit, that's, that's pretty much impossible for us today. Right, Most of us are working a job, trying to make a living and, and everything else. <clears throat> but we can take his example and we can apply it in today's modern times and do the best we can with it. And it'll still, it'll still work. But discipleship takes time. Discipleship takes doing life together. And that's not always easy. Right? It's tough when, when you're having to uh, not only navigate your life, but also navigate through life with somebody else. Because there's hard times. And you know, uh, Scripture talks about bearing each other's burdens. Sometimes that's tough. I'll get there in a minute. Sitting here thinking of the Tuckers. And losing a kid and how tough that is. Some of us been walking with them since that happened. Some because it's happened to us. So we know what it's like. Others just because they love them. But part of this discipleship track is doing life together and, and carrying each other's burdens. And when somebody's struggling, man, you're struggling with them. But you know what? That also means you get to share the good times. And I tell you, there's nothing better, nothing better than walking life with somebody, crying together, praying that God will save their marriage, seeing them change, seeing their marriage 10 years later, 
better than it ever was. Just because you not and it it you got to be careful what you say. It's not because of anything you do typically, but it's all because of what God does through you and in their lives with you. You know, and 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 I'm thinking of of two other couples that. I walked that path with, and and uh, one of them just just had an anger issue, and uh, their marriage they were on the brink of divorce. And uh, a good friend that that I was walking with, and and man, his kids were all young. He had three kids at that time, and they were all babies. And to see his kids, one of them just graduated this year, and their marriage is solid. Man. I'm blessed because of their marriage and how great their kids are. And another couple that man was having an affair. And he came to me because he knew I'd had an affair. And walking through that with him and telling him that how his wife was feeling at certain points because I knew, you know, and, and seeing them and seeing their marriage five years later and their marriage is better than it ever was and ever could be. And there's only one reason, I can tell you that for sure, and that's because of Christ. Christ gave his wife the ability to forgive. And Christ changed his heart in that. You want to talk about discipleship? Man. He was emulated discipleship by his wife. And it totally changed their lives. It totally changed their marriage. And I'm blessed to get to see that. I'm blessed to say, just to be able to say that, man, I knew them when, right? Just like there's guys that, that knew me back in the day. And they're saying, man, God's done work in him, that's for sure. Right? Just like he's done in each one of us. Man, we were all messed up. Every one of us. But because of what Christ did, because of the discipleship model that he set up, our lives were changed. And typically, they were changed through somebody. Right? We might have come to Christ at an event, or at a church, or at a promise keeper's, but our maturity, our walk post that event typically involves somebody walking with us. And if not, I want to encourage you, like Bobby was saying, find you a mentor. Because if you're doing it alone, it's tough. And it takes a whole lot longer by yourself than it does if you walked with somebody else. You know, every one of us here are, are, are actually um, initially started with Christ. You know, but he used others uh, to accomplish the task. Just like today, he's wanting to use each one of us to accomplish the task in the future. You know, and Paul said, be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. So here you go. It's going to be short and sweet today. I got to be at work here pretty quick. So here, here you are. Who are you discipling? Who are you doing life with? 
you know, a small group is part of that. Just like I hope every one of you is, are in a life group because that's, that's an important part of this discipleship process. But it's, it's, it's even refined more than that. You know, it's not, it's not that, that small group. It's, it's who are the, the three or the two or even the one that you're walking with daily. And I'll be honest with you, in today's environment with work, families, and everything else, I, I don't even, I don't think you could, well, you guys probably could. I can't hardly disciple more than one at a time. Not if we're going to pour ourselves into their lives. Because I just don't have the time. And maybe that's my fault. Maybe I'm selfish. Maybe whatever. But it's it's tough to to put in that kind of time and, and do do everything else. Now I tell the ministers this all the time. I know I've told Brett. I don't know if Caleb's heard me say this. I know Curtis has say heard me say it, and I ask him all the time. You know, how's your family? Your number one discipleship track. Your number one ministry should be your family. Because if you don't get it right at home, it's going to be pretty hard for you to get it right out there. So don't beat yourself up because I was beating myself up. Saying, well, I'm really not discipling anybody. Yeah, I was discipling Tristan. Yeah, I'm discipling my wife. You know, and so focus on that. Get, get that part of it right. And, and as you start leading, and as that starts going right, then start looking outside of yourself, outside of your family. Who else can I disciple? Who else can I come alongside to do this life together? Uh, you know, the other thing uh, I mentioned earlier about age is one thing I learned, you know, uh, early on I thought I knew a lot. <laughs> And as you begin to do life together, and as you begin to to uh, spend time together, I promise you, you will learn as much as whoever you're discipling. You know, because that's the thing about it. When we come to church on Sunday, you know, it's a great time. Man, I love Curtis. I love his messages, and it seems like every one of them are speaking to me. But a lot of times I have questions. And I don't get to raise my hand in church and ask ask that question, you know. And that's the that's the neat thing about discipleship. It's the two way conversation, and in that two way conversation, we have a tendency to to view things in a different light because we we listen to somebody else's viewpoint and listen to how they're looking at something and say, "Man, I never thought about it that way." And and uh, again, I've learned as much from. The time I spent with others is as I have them learning from me. And, and that's really neat. You know, Josh and I spent a lot of time hunting. And the, we talk all the time. The best part of them trips is the drive. The to and from. The hour and a half that we're in that pickup on the way down there. And we're talking about what's going on in our lives. We're talking about Christ and, and what he's doing. And we're talking about our kids. And, and we're talking about all those things. And that's... That's when we have growth, right? And yeah, we enjoy hunting, but it's that it's it's conversation, it's that time together that's special and that means something. You know, discipleship's not just about sitting around, opening the book and, and reading, and, and, and it's not a classroom. Discipleship's about doing life together. 
Find something you enjoy doing. Chris and I are spending some time together every now and then fishing because we love to fish. And, and Chris is mature. I'm mature. But guess what? We still grow from those times that we're together and those conversations that we have. That's discipleship, is it not? It's about spending time with each other and growing who we are in Christ. And Aaron, you got a new call coming. You're fixing to be in a new school with a bunch of new athletes. And a lot of them aren't going to know Christ. Man, how about you other guys? Who at work doesn't know Christ? Who at work on break, you can just spend a little time in general conversation, not beating them over the head with the Bible. Talking about something you love to talk about. And eventually, guess what? Christ comes into that conversation. And in those little avenues, doors open up. I've got a good friend that really, uh, his, his son and my son are best friends. And uh, we're spending a lot of time together right now fishing. <laughs> Imagine that, doing something that I love doing. But we're spending a lot of time together right now fishing. They don't go to church. Now, he knows Christ. He grew up going to church. But when they moved here from their hometown and left their home church, they've never found a, a church home. And I've been inviting for a couple of years now. And they finally came Easter. Man, that was exciting for me that they come. You know what? In those trips, when we go fishing, that's what we're talking about. Conversations about things we love, what's going on in our lives, and guess what? If I'm talking about my life, I'm talking about things that are happening at church, at Bravehearts, what Bobby said. And in those conversations, it's, it's opening doors. And at first, we had little bitty conversations, you know. But the last trip we took just a week ago, the whole trip down there was, was about something that was said in Bravehearts. And so doors are opening. And I, I'll almost guarantee one day they'll be coming. One day, he'll be back in relationship with Christ. And I'm not saying he's, I shouldn't say that that way. Uh, one day, he'll be back into a daily walk with Christ. Let me say that. And, man, how special is that? And, and to be honest, it has, really has nothing to do with you and I, but everything to do with Christ. Because I'm nothing special. And you're really nothing special. But the message that you carry is the greatest message any of us could ever carry. And that's what Christ did for me. And what Christ did for you. And the world needs to know it. I made a mistake a while back saying, man, I'm just, ready for, I'm just ready for Christ to come back. And uh, a friend I grew up with, and, and you probably heard Curtis mention his name, Steve Friscott, uh, said, well, man, that's pretty selfish. Man, I would just say I'm tired of this rough old world, you know. I'm just, I'm just ready for paradise. 
But he said something that stuck with me. He said, do you have any family, any good friends, any loved ones that don't know Christ? So what you're saying is you want them to go to hell, right? Man, that hit me. Because no, I don't want them to go to hell. I want them to be in heaven. Well, if Christ came back today, where would they go? And that stuck with me. So let me ask you. If Christ came back today, do you have any loved ones, any friends, any family that wouldn't be going with you? It's time. The harvest, the, the, the workers are few, <laughs> you know. The fields are plenty. We just need to go and do what he's called us to do. Let me pray. Father, we just thank you so much once again for who you are and for what you've done. And Father, uh, I thank you for this commission that you've given us, this calling that you've placed on each and every one of us. Not to be complacent, not to sit back, but to go and share what was once shared with us. And yeah, we tend to make things a whole lot more complicated than what they really are. All, all you really want us to do is go and spend time with others and, and just share our lives together. And in so doing, uh, we're going to share you. And in that, lives will be changed. So, Father, I thank you for that calling you've placed on each and every one of us. And, and Father, that's not a, a calling that you placed only on the church. You placed it on each and every individual to go and make disciples. Father, help us to step out of our comfort zones. Help us uh, be willing to open up our hearts and to share life with others. And in so doing, each of us will grow closer to you. We'll begin to mature in our life with you. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We give you all the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.